Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and you have entered into the fix. Hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy. It is so good to have you with us today. Thank you so much for joining this podcast and welcome to a brand new week. And I hope you are well. I hope you are pursuing recovery as you would pursue recovery. You know, and I and I say it that way because we all pursue it a little differently. Only as we would pursue different avenues of recovery, I believe that if you are pursuing a defined path, you should stay on that path. If you are doing something evangelical or something with the LDS church or something with the Judaism or Buddhist network or any religious faith that you've chosen, you should do that version. 100%. And I mean that because we spent our addictive life being very subjective. We spent our time making our feel good feel good. If it made me uncomfortable, it wasn't a matter if it was right or wrong. It was a matter, did it make me feel uncomfortable? If it made me feel uncomfortable, that was my first indication that it wasn't for me. It wasn't, I didn't stick around long enough to see if it worked or not. Sometimes things that make me uncomfortable work extremely well. And I just need to stick around long enough to make a proper assessment. It's kind of like a learning to enjoy or appreciate a new food or a new flavor uh, sometimes I'm, I'm, a big, I'm a big cologne guy and sometimes I need to wear the fragrance all day to really judge how long it lasts. If it, if it suits me and my, in my pheromones and my, and my natural body chemistry before I determine whether or not. Now, some things are so <laughs> either distasteful or unpleasant. It's easy to know right away, but for, for the most part, in terms of recovery, that's not true. I need to take something in. You, you know what I'm saying? I need to evaluate it based on its merits rather than did it offend me or did it initially make me feel a little uncomfortable? And I, and I hope that makes sense to you because so often, especially in early recovery, and this goes especially to you who are new or relatively new to the program, as my sponsor, Will, would say. Uh, I want you to just come back. I want you to stick around. I want you to really try this recovery on before you determine whether or not it's a good fit. And if it is, fantastic. Let's do this 100% of our ability and our attention and our 
earnestness, right? With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. And and that is whatever path you decide, whatever path you decide to be on, stay with that path, right? I don't know enough about the other paths, but I assume they work because I see people getting well all the time who have a very different perspective from me in terms of how to get there, right? But I'm not going to go into a particular religion or path of recovery and say, well, you're wrong doing it that way. For them, they're absolutely right. And and I hope you stick around to see if this thing works for you. And again, whether it's AA or NA or Celebrate Recovery, Reformers Unanimous, it really doesn't matter to me. What matters is, are you getting well? Are you finding happiness? Are you finding freedom? Are you finding joy? Are you finding freedom from the bondage of self that's trapping you to the point of suffocation and you don't think you have any other recourse except to go drink, to go use, to go engage in that negative behavior that's only causing your family to fall apart and your life to be less than what you ever wanted it to be? One of the things that we really have to let go of is needless suffering. Now, towards the end of this podcast, I'm going to let you know how to reach out to me, get to my website, get to my podcasts and blogs if you don't already know, and then how to reach out to me if you're looking for a a life coach, a sober coach, or if you're looking to donate to what we're doing. But let's jump into the deep end of the pool on this. Um, I can remember this particular story as as if it happened yesterday because it impacted me so much. I had already come back, thank God, from my relapse. So it was after, you know, it was somewhere between my, you know, 70th day or, you know, it was early on in my recovery, somewhere before six months, but I know it was after I'd come back from my relapse. So it was very early on in my sobriety, and and I had a friend, and we got along really pretty good. We we knew each other in the Alano Club. We had gone out to coffee a few times with Scotty and a few of the other people, and we would participate together in meetings and fellowship out in the in the Alano Club. Um, and I um, found that she was not letting go of a particular feeling. She felt that she had been wronged and she would emotionally suffer day in and, and day out over the course of about two or three weeks. And gradually she stopped going to meetings and then she stopped going to the Alano Club, the turning point. And I remember learning one Friday night that she had had been hanging out with some old playmates, as it were, right? We're told to change old playgrounds and old playmates. Great advice, by the way. Um, it led to my relapse, thinking that didn't apply to me. So she was hanging out with some old friends, and I and I tried to speak with her. And, you know, she didn't want to hear any of my reasons that she had to be grateful. 
And she seemed to prefer the needless suffering over something that was really out of her control. Because what she was suffering about and, and, and having a challenge with was not her side of the street. It was someone else's and she just couldn't get past the wrong and the harm she felt it was doing to her. So after talking about gratitude and get over this and get over that and come on into a meeting and don't hang out with these people and all the things that I was trying to say, I was feeling very powerless because um, I, I knew she was in this stressful situation and and she was really teetering. That's why she was hanging out with these people. And finally, you know, I just sort of threw up my hands and I said, well, you know, maybe you just need to go get drunk. You know, maybe, maybe you need to go get high. And you know what? That was the only advice she was willing to take. Her needless suffering was the catalyst for her relapsing. Now, I don't take it upon me. I, I just didn't know what else to tell her. Sometimes, you know, we need to go and see how painful things really are, right? And I and I didn't want to go tell her to go use or go drink, but she wasn't listening because that is one of our options. That is one of our alternatives to surrender, to not letting go, because we're either going to let go and let God, as we understood him, or we're going to go back out because eventually, if we don't let go, eventually, if I don't do what my sponsor, Will, told me, he's my sponsor now, back then he was my friend and confidant and and certainly the couch I slept on to keep me from being homeless. I remember Will telling me, why, why are you suffering, man? Why, why are you going through this? Why do you get to this place and you beat yourself? You, you, you beat your head against this wall. You can't solve it. You can't fix it. Why not just go around the wall? Why do you suffer needlessly? Why do you suffer so? Right? Remember the movie Damn Yankees years ago with Tab Hunter and Gwen Verdon? Fantastic movie. Ray Walston played the devil. Anyway, he was a, a Washington Senators fan and they would always lose to those damn Yankees. And his wife looked at him and said, I don't know why you you suffer so, right? And she would say it in this dramatic voice and, and the same thing. Why why do we suffer? Do we Do we think that it gets us anywhere? Sometimes there's suffering we have to go through because we call that life. But I'm talking about needless suffering. I'm talking about buying into negativity. I'm talking about allowing something, especially that which we can't control, to fester in us. And we don't share it. We don't release it. We don't turn it over. We just suffer. Now, Fortunately, and I'm so grateful, my friend, she made it back. Because again, the only advice, the only counsel, because I remember looking at her and I said, then, you know, why don't you just go get drunk? And she looked at me and said, I think I will. 
and they drove off. And she had come back, come back to her senses, you know, a few days later, and thank God she did. And to my knowledge, she's clean and sober to this day. And just like me, she's one of the lucky ones. The most effective way that I have found in avoiding needless suffering in my sobriety is to follow a plan of recovery that God puts in front of me. And that puts God, as I understood him, at the front of the plan. I want to make something very clear because there's there's certain themes and pushbacks that I hear in social media. And some of the groups I belong to, sometimes I stay because I know I serve the greater good, but boy, does it frustrate me and irritate me. There's nothing more frustrating for me, and this is my flesh, than combating either unsuspecting or unknowing ignorance or a blatant disregard for the truth. Ignorance is just a lack of knowledge. It's someone just doesn't know, but once you inform them, they're no longer ignorant, then they can move forward. So sometimes it's a matter of just giving someone information. I'm saying, oh, gee, I didn't know it was that. Now I'll correct myself and, and so on. But understand that recovery, certainly the 12-step plan of recovery is not religious, is not religion. It is a very spiritual program built on spiritual principles that are drawn from every monotheistic religion of the world. It encompasses monotheism as well as an altruistic approach. It is finding a power greater than yourself that makes sense to you, that is devoid of religion as we would understand religion. Therefore, no one can tell you what to believe or how to believe in it. We can just say, believe it with all of your heart and believe it convincingly. Now, if I go into a a temple, a mosque, a parish, a church, something like that, they're going to tell me, this is what we believe doctrinally, concretely. This is what we believe. And if you want to be a part of our religion, this is the God. This is how you believe in that God. This is your approach to that God. This is its expectations. Very, very defined. That's religion. But in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous and other 12-step programs, It is not religion. It is a spiritual approach to living a different way. I want to make that very clear so no one will come back at me and say, you know, Rob, it is this. It is that. No, it's not. If you think it is, let me tell you that it's not. And if you still think so, you're going off of erroneous information that maybe you've chosen to adhere to so you can say that this doesn't work. And I'll go from there. So we need to put God at the front of the plan. 
then then begin talking to those who have used that plan of recovery and find out how they did it. One of the most valuable things to me along the way was sitting down with people who had some time and some quality, right? Quantity has a quality all of its own, although quantity is not a guarantor of quality. Understand that. We also need to stop taking ourselves so seriously. I need to stop taking everything so personally as I listen to people because sometimes they're going to tell me things that hurt my feelings. They're going to tell me some truth that I may be uncomfortable acknowledging or accepting. But hey, I'm suffering needlessly. And I can either suffer needlessly and get over it eventually based on what you tell me and God and coming to terms with God is what I would understand him. Or eventually that pain is going to be so much, I'm going to do what my friend did and go back out or like I did. And I relapsed after 71 days. Another thing that's so important, you know, because again, what we're holding on to, we're holding on to things after it is no longer relevant. Especially, going back, especially with things that we don't have the power to change. Here's where I think the serenity prayer could really, it could be extremely useful. You've heard the serenity prayer before, right? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. You know, if, if we can learn to incorporate this type of thinking and letting go we can learn to decrease the amount of needless suffering and learn how to replace it with a new outlook on life. Like it says in the promises, our, our, our attitude on life will change. We'll, we'll stop this needless suffering. We'll realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves, right? And that's to understand what we can change and what we can't. And the wisdom to do those things that we can and the acceptance that we just have to move on from certain things. We have to learn how to say, oh, well, you know, and and work through it. One of the most important things in this phase, and, and I'm sure so many of you already know this, I'm probably preaching to the choir in many ways. We have to learn how to help others. You know, one of the things when, when, when it's me or anyone else who's feeling sorry for me and my feelings are hurt and I feel badly and I'm offended and I don't know why you did this to me. Do you hear the comment? Do you hear the selfishness just in my voice alone? I need to get out of me. You know what the ism is, right? Alcoholism. 
It's I, self, and me. That's why selfishness and self-centeredness, we believe that this is the, the root or the cause of all of our problems. While I am suffering needlessly, I am feeling sorry for me. The best way to get out of me is to get into you, to go help someone else. Oftentimes, it was asked of me, and I'll ask that of others. Hey, let's talk about helping others. Well, I can't. I don't have time. I don't know. Well, then you really don't want to get out of your pain, do you? You know, helping others is, is kind of like uh, music. You know, while I'm listening to music on the line, I'm not waiting nearly as long. I've said it before, and I'll mention it again. I'm sharing with my friend Alan about uh, uh, Joyce Landorf and her uh, talk on God's waiting room and about how we go into this waiting room where there's others that are just like us that are waiting for similar things or maybe not so similar things, but the common denominator is they're waiting for God. They're waiting for someone. They're waiting to get through. They're waiting to get through the, the suffering and they're trying to find a way through it. Now, again, I'm not saying that sometimes in life we don't suffer. Sometimes we have real suffering and I would never want to uh, tell you that you don't because we do. Sometimes I do. I'm talking about needless suffering. Even suffering that is legitimate suffering. At some point, when it becomes a distraction, when that suffering keeps me from doing that which I know I should be doing, it becomes needless. Those who suffer from alcoholism and other addictions suffer needlessly. Yet the trap is so elusive that we don't know how to escape the suffering. And I'm not just talking about people who are still drinking and using or engaging in other negative behavior because all those who still suffer from addiction often do so while they're in their sobriety. Remember, being sober just means that we've ceased in its, in its basic form We've ceased from that substance or that behavior. You know, I've, I've stopped lusting. I've stopped going to the strip joints. I've, I've stopped throwing up. I've stopped drinking. I've stopped using. I've stopped gambling. But that's all I've done. I'm still, I'm still stupid, born and glum. I'm not happy, joyous, and free. I'm one drink away from a drunk, one one session of suffering needlessly before I go back and lose that paycheck. So just because a person is involved or sober does not mean that they don't needlessly suffer. Please, I really want you to understand my premise here. Just because a person has ceased from the substance or behavior does not mean they have let go of the thinking that accompanies those who are alcohol, drug, or other negative behavior related. I have been and have known many people over the years that have let go of the negative behavior, the drinking and the drug, 
but still cling to old ideas that held them captive and caused great emotional and mental anguish. Sharing something very personal with you here. It took me years, a number of years, to let go of the guilt and the needless suffering I had regarding my two oldest daughters. You know, when you... When you abandon your children the way I abandoned my children, it really takes an emotional toll on you. And sometimes it takes a few years in trying to restore relationships with other people you have harmed until you find out how bad the damage is. And we take it personally. We feel sorry for ourselves. We feel sorry for others. And I went through some real needless suffering, not because of them. They were forgiving me, but I was suffering needlessly. And it was a real stumbling block to my overall wellness. And I didn't know how to get close to them. I didn't know how to have a relationship with them. So I pushed and I pushed and I pushed and I tried and I tried and I tried. And I was getting rejected in certain ways, but again, not because of them, but because of my personal approach. You know, it's kind of like, uh, do you ever try to really squeeze? I'm, I'm sure you've heard this analogy before. You, you take a wet bar of soap and you try to squeeze it and it just pops out of your hand, you know, until you cradle that soap, you know, you can't hold it. And the same thing with relationships. And I, and I was going through this and it was causing me to suffer needlessly. And it took me a while and, and with help from Laura, you know, just relaxing, stop having an unreasonable expectation of others and people and other circumstances and situations. And little by little, I began to get over that needless suffering. Unfortunately, for, for many people, unless they can learn to let go of the things that cause the suffering, they eventually will return to the bottle, the pill, the line, the rig, the blackjack table, the buffet where they can just overeat for $9.95. They will return to their, cho their choice of escape. And that is their way to find relief from their suffering. I have known and watched people who have had multiple years of sobriety go back out because they could not let go and understand that their suffering was needless. And I, I, I hope we get there because sobriety and recovery is meant to be enjoyed. It is meant to be celebrated. It is meant to be lived to the fullest, to, to escape. We have escaped death. We have been, giving, been given a new opportunity to live and to rejoice and to share and to find a new freedom and a new happiness that just goes beyond our human understanding because it is a God thing.
And the sooner we find that, the sooner we can break out. And again, it says that if newcomers could see no joy in our existence, they wouldn't want it. And so even as an example of what recovery can bring, if I don't let go of needless suffering, what are others coming in after me have to expect and get excited about? So let go of needless suffering. Suffer in ways that we know we ought to, to mourn a loss of someone or something. But let's not needlessly suffer. Again, going back to when my dad died on August 1st of 1988, I went to visit him in Las Vegas. It was very traumatic for me. I won't go into the whole story surrounding it. There was great suffering there because I missed my dad so much. I could have suffered needlessly, but I had learned enough in the program in my two and a half years of personal recovery to look at that suffering. And it was true suffering, right? As we experience loss in others. And I challenged God. I said, God, if you carry me through this week, boy, oh boy, did I need to be carried. I said, God, if you carry me through this week, I will know that there will never be a reason for me to go drink or use again. And you know what God did? God carried me. He carried me through my suffering to where it wasn't needless. It was it was as an opportunity for him to demonstrate his omnipotence in my life. And I share that story to so many other people because I want them to see that there's suffering and then there's needless suffering. Needless suffering never does anything for me, but suffering with understanding with others and with God and with sharing our experience, strength, and hope, then we can suffer with a purpose and we gain strength moving forward. Again, I'm not negating suffering. Some of us do. Some of us do carry a burden, but there's something for us in it. There's something for someone else. Needless suffering only leads to the poor me's. And we poor me, poor me, pour me another drink. Bring me another line. Bring me another pill. Right? Pour me something because I need to get fixed. That's needless. Where if we suffer in a godly fashion, we get through it. And life is grand while we are walking through the opportunity. Because that's exactly what it becomes. Hey, thank you so much for taking time with me today of letting go of needless suffering. Please share this podcast with a friend, someone who may be going through a challenging time. Reach out to them. Be a friend of a friend. Again, if you want to gain friends, then go be one, right? I love this prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. It is better to understand than it is to understood to be understood. I want you to go to recoveryguy.org for my podcast and my blogs. Go to your favorite podcast channel, The Recovery Guy Podcast, The Recovery Guy on Facebook, Recovery underscore Guy on Instagram. Um, Go to recoveryguy, go to patreon.com 
forward slash recovery. You can give three, you can give six, you can give $10 per month to support this outreach. Again, patreon.com forward slash recovery guy. Let us know what we can do for you as you walk this journey of recovery. And as always, my name is Robert and I am the recovery guy.